pandemonium reigns. Episode 124, Pandemonium Reigns. We're here. It's bowl season. We're going to talk the bolts. And we're going to start with the ones that, as you would probably say, matter. And we'll talk a little bit about the ones that, as you would say, probably don't matter. This is episode 124, Pandemonium Reigns. I'm Dan. He's Mike. Before we get into it, man, how was your Christmas? It was a jolly old time. You know what I mean? It was a good time. Saw the family uh, that I was able to see. Could have probably seen more, but just a lot of running around. You know how it gets sometimes. Uh, But, yeah, it was a good one. Uh, Sandy was good to me. Uh, How was y'all's? Well, I don't believe in that hypocrisy that is Santa Claus. So I have so many. This is a topic as of late. I'm probably going to post this on TikTok later. Uh, Christmas was good, uh, but I've just come to terms this year that Santa Claus is very anti-biblical. Uh, yeah. I have a problem with a fat man sneaking in my house who claims to be all sovereign. Anyway, that's beside the point. Christmas was good. I got some hey dudes. I got some clothes. Um, it was good. Got some cash money. Hoping to get some Tennessee tickets with that cash money. Looking forward to the 24 season as we, I know we're going to get into this on um, this anyway, but uh, Nico season has begun in Knoxville as the volunteers prepare for Iowa. Looking forward to that. Uh, but it was good, man. Good. The kids had a good time. I had a good time. Uh, we traveled. Thank God that's over. Hopefully those people are not listening. Uh, don't mean to hurt their feelings. Love you. Let's get into this, man. The Rose Bowl. The granddaddy of them all. Alabama, four seed. Michigan, one seed. ESPN, FBI, likes Michigan at 55 Wow, that's not a word. 55.5%. We've got an over-under of 44.5, and, and we've got a line in Michigan's favor at a point and a half. When you look at that, bro, with the, those those numbers, those lines, those over-unders, the ESPN, FBI, everything we just mentioned there, what's your initial thought? My initial thought is, uh, dang, I wish this was Florida State. My initial thought <laughs> is, Nobody knows what the heck's going to happen. Point and a half is the most meaningless number of all time. Um, that point and a half, Michigan's favor, means that there's a lot of value in betting Alabama outright or to cover that. Um, obviously, because that you know it's hard to cover a point and a half and lose. Obviously, you can see that in in these big games when they're super tight, everything's on the line. They feel like well, you know, there's a lot of people saying they shouldn't be there. That guarantee you, Saban's loving that. All yeah. the all the guys like us out there, he loves that. Uh, but, yeah, tells me Vegas doesn't have a great read. That FPI, which, again, is about as good as a $3 bill, you know, come, comes to uh, buying goods, is shocking to me. 10, let's say 11% in favor of Michigan. That's that's a little, little high for me. Yeah. Um, I think this what, this what this should be, though, I think this should be a heck of a defensive game. I mean, one of the better defenses is, is what it's going to be for – for Alabama, it's going to be you know somewhere in the ballpark of Georgia's. Maybe not quite that good, I would say. Uh, but you know, I think Michigan has some strengths where Georgia maybe has taken a little attrition. Um, and I think that each you know both these defenses are going to be kind of something that neither has seen a whole lot of when you look at their schedules and how it's played out for them. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. My initial thought is for the sake 
of the integrity of college football, I need Michigan to bend Alabama over. Absolutely. And I, I, it's, it sounds like I'm making a joke, but, I, but I'm really being serious. We, we, for the sake of the sport, we, we need Michigan to win this game to the tune of like 65 to seven, just so oh, we can, great. just so we can end this argument of best four and putting somebody in the playoff because it's going to drive dollar and they're one of the best teams. Let, let, let's end that. We really need something to swing back into the favor of principle and logic and integrity of this sport. But here we are. This is what we're dealing with. The The spread doesn't really tell me much. I think what jumps off to me is the ESPN FBI, why ESPN likes them by a solid 10%. I can't exactly figure out. You know, it's, it's, it's neutral turf. It's the Rose Bowl, Pasadena, California. I expect Michigan to travel exceptionally well for this game because it's been, you know, a long time. And it's Alabama, yeah. right? Alabama, yeah. I imagine, is like, eh, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, hoping that's the case. Yeah, um, I agree with what you said a little bit. I, 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 I think and I hope that this game is going to be played in a phone booth. And if that's the case, I don't hate Michigan's odds here. Mm, yeah. Um, I think this could come down to <clears> – <throat> Defense and quarterback play. You know how how well does does Michigan defend Milrow? Do they allow him to get out of the pocket? Uh, can they contain him? Can they defend the deep ball? And and what Jalen Milrow and Alabama offense are we going to get? Are we going to get the first half where it was you know fumble over themselves? You know burp, throw up, deep ball for six. Or is it going to be what we got against Georgia, which is probably what I'm anticipating? Yeah, uh, more well-rounded. Either way, I, I, I'm not picking Michigan at least just yet. Anyway, I either what I'm saying is either way that it unfolds, I don't hate Michigan's opportunity here. No, I don't either. Uh, I don't either. I definitely, you know, I don't think it's arguable that Milrow is the most dynamic quarterback that they face to this point, how it's so wild, but how dangerous he is and how you almost want the play to break down if you're Alabama. So he can really, you know, start cooking and, yeah. and doing what he does. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, there, there's just not been many guys do it the way he does when things go wrong. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, things can go right. Like they draw it up and he's still, like I said, the most dynamic quarterback that they face. Uh, I think fortunate for, fortunately for Michigan, they don't have a wide receiver room full of Jerry Judy, you know, Devontae Smith, uh, Waddle. You know, they don't have those guys right now. They've yeah. got a couple really dangerous ones, a couple really good ones. Uh, you know, they've got tight end options that can hurt you. The run game, it, it's not, again, what we thought it would be coming into this year. It's not Mark Ingram back there. It's not Derrick Henry back there. Plenty right. dangerous. And Milrow is a, a massive factor in it. But I think it's one of the more, I mean, look, they've played Alabama in the pre in I almost said preseason in you know week one, week two at times before uh, during Saban's run. They've they've mm -hmm. seen them. They've seen Georgia. Uh, um, you know when they were a national title team. I think this is the best chance that they're going to have when you look at some of those early season games against Alabama. The matchups with Georgia that we've seen. You know, certainly didn't see them losing to TCU last year. We thought we were going to get a matchup with uh, Georgia from the year before. We didn't get it. But um, I think this is one of their best chances, you know, since Harbaugh's been there for sure and since 
they've played teams like this Alabama team. Sir, are you saying that this Michigan squad is better than that 21 and 22 squad? I do think they are on on at least some principles in the in the regard that McCarthy is older. He's been there longer. Uh, the way that he's played this year versus, you know, when Harbaugh's in versus when Harbaugh's out, um, and we're at least not dealing with that drama right now, uh, or at least it's in the rear view right now. It's not sure. your forefront as it has been. They're probably grateful as well for all the Florida State drama. Uh, you know, as much as Saban may be, they're probably as grateful for it as well because we're not hearing so much. Well, why is, why is Michigan eligible and stuff like that? You know what I mean? We're not hearing that. We're hearing uh, all about Florida State needing to be in there, which – I'll maintain until I go to my grave. Uh, sure. That would be the case. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think it's one of the more manageable situations that they've encountered during their better years of Harbaugh up there. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to point out that your comments on the Alabama receiving room, you know, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Jerry Judy, like you said, those guys are not walking through the door. However – even though I can't stand this guy, you got a very respectable, as far as performance, Jermaine Burton, 35 yeah. catches on the year, 777 yards, eight scores, performed really well in Atlanta against Georgia. After him, you've got Isaiah Bond, 44 catches, 621 yards, four touchdowns. And after them, it really tanks as far really as receptions go. You go in 35 from 44 to 19 and 17. Uh, 321 yards, 301 yards for now Black and Prentice, four scores and two scores for those guys. I wonder if there's a philosophy in there for Michigan where we go, uh, if we can defend these guys and defend the run, you know, we got a real shot at this thing. But then I kind of come back to the idea of McCarthy, as you also mentioned. I'm not sure what to make of him. You know, he... Is, is he the is he the beneficiary of an absolutely stellar running game in Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and is he just the benefit of of the the ability to first down second down hand off to those guys and play action on on third down or or whatever just you know this guy run right this guy run left turn around back to the defense boom hit you over the top you know something like that uh, but but I tell you this I don't know that I could tell you a single Michigan receiver. I mean, everybody's going to talk about going into this thing. We're going to talk about, okay, Roman Wilson. Sorry, I just I just saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw it. Uh, but I, my point there is neither of the Michigan receivers, are they going to jump off the page at you? I mean, if I'm an Alabama defense looking at the receiving room, I'm going, meh, there's nothing really yeah. there that scares me. You know, what has gotten Bama in the past is, is an ability to – you know, win a 50-50 ball. Well, Roman Wilson's not going to do that at six foot. You know, is is he going to be able to get off press? How is Alabama going to approach that? Or are they, are they going to come after? Or are they just going to say, "Listen, throw it. I don't care. Throw it. We're we're gonna we're gonna defend the run. You're not going to run on us." Uh, and again, you've got Cornelius Johnson six three. So maybe there's a 50-50 ball. I feel like I'm all over the place right now. But there's if I'm Bama, I'm I'm, I'm looking at Michigan offensively. I'm going. Nothing really there. It scares me, y'all. Yeah, uh, and let's let's not forget them. And look, I think I want to respond to what you were saying about Alabama's receiver room. I think Bond is the the scariest one there. I respect Burton. I do. Out of both rooms. Uh, 
Uh, no, no. I was just speaking Alabama, you know, to start off, uh, I, I think, yeah, Bond is absolutely, I think, the scariest receiver in the game. I'll, I'll go that far. But to Alabama's room, I know he doesn't lead them in receptions, uh, but he, he's the one that scares me the most. Look at the, you know, controversial catch there on fourth and four in the SEC championship game that he made. His speed coming across the middle or taking it deep. Prentice can also do that, but we've not seen it as much this year. Uh, probably just in the way that their offense is kind of morphed out of having a guy like Bryce Young and some of the receivers that they have. We've not seen as many dynamic dudes doing what they've done before. Uh, Bond is the one that scares me the most. Uh, to Michigan's credit, they've got three guys right there, 42, 41, and 40 receptions, I believe it is. Now one is the tight end, Colston Loveland, who's also an excellent target. Oh, sorry, two guys. No, no, 42, 41, 40 in terms of catches, yeah. Uh, Loveland, the tight end, being the guy there with 40. Big body, 6'5", he can absolutely – we make things happen. I think they need to do a lot of things through him. What linebackers can they take advantage of or what safety can they get him on uh, matched up with? I wouldn't recommend it being Caleb Downs, but, you know, do what you can. Um, I think both of these offenses have been more explosive than they – certainly Alabama than they've been this year. There's been a lot of games where Blake Corum doesn't have quite that same magic uh, that he had in earlier points in his career. Now he's also done a lot, so credit to him. But um, yeah, I mean it's it's a weird it's a weird thing where we've seen such a offensive movement in the game, and that's just not what what this game screams to me. Now the other side that we'll get to in a minute, Texas and Washington screams offense, offense, offense. And look, there's yeah. a lot of great defenders on that Texas team, not quite so much on the Washington team or the names that you know at least. But this game just screams defense. And the other point that I wanted to make as I finish my thought is Michigan's secondary. Love love their defensive backs. Love what options they might have to throw at Burton or Bond uh, or even uh, whoever they decide to run, you know, out of their slot. I, I love their matchups there. Uh, they've just not maybe seen too many guys like Bond and Burton, depending on how they line them up. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, glancing through the Michigan stats as you're as you're saying all these things, and obviously Blake Corum jumps off the page when you look at their rushing rushing statistics. 218 carries, over 1,000 yards, 24 times finding pay dirt. And oh my then gosh. I was not anticipating this significant of a drop after him. I was expecting Dono Edwards to, to be better. 109 attempts, 382 yards. Good for three and a half on the year, three scores. And so then my yeah. mind went to, okay, who'd you play? Okay, you played East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers. Obviously, I mean, your backup should have a thousand yards after the first four games. And then you you go to Michigan, you go to Minnesota, you host Indiana, you you go to Michigan State. I'm still not seeing anything that makes me go, why are you not running all over the map here? Even as a backup, hosting Purdue at Penn State, finally, where you get a nine point victory there. And I'm pretty sure they didn't do anything but run in the second half in that game. Correct. Correct. Uh, Blake Corm, 26 for 145. Donovan Edwards, 10 for 52. Meh, meh, meh. At Maryland, home against uh, Ohio State, where, of course, I know he went off last year, but this year, 10 for 31, where Corm was 22 mm. for 88. And then you played Iowa. So you arguably have three games on this schedule. Blake Corm, 16 for 52 against Iowa. Donovan Edwards, 4 for 28. That 
makes me start to lean in Alabama's favor where I'm going, why was it just one guy when you didn't you didn't play much? So and, then, and sophomore Donovan Edwards had nine ninety one, you know, and he was yeah, it was like there was yeah. no drop off last year when when Corum banged his knee against in, uh, Illinois, I think it was, and they almost lost that game, you know. Yeah, uh, thought I thought he was lost at, for the season at that point. I don't, I still don't know how he made a comeback from that. But uh, yeah, when you look at the drop off from sophomore to junior year, you, I mean, you might be looking at a backfield that features neither of these guys next year. Let's be honest. Oh, um, Corm's gone. You know? Yeah, Corm's gone. Edwards with such a drop off concerns me. Uh, you know what I mean? But yeah. that that does really just the drop off. The and and look, it's not like Alabama has blown everybody out of the woods this year. Look, they should have lost Auburn. I don't know how they bounce back to beat Georgia and kind of hold them, you know, in the ways that they did coming off of that game. Obviously, uh-huh. some look ahead uh, and the Iron Bowl magic, but it does make you want to lean a little more crimson in terms of what your head says when when you look at those things. Yeah, I would like to use that to segue into the prediction section of yeah. this. If we can go ahead and get into that. Again, I would love to see this game be played in a phone booth. I would love to see, you know, just a, a defensive battle and then turn around later this night and watch, you know, fireworks go off offensively. Yeah. That way we've got one heck of a narrative going into the national championship game. I think before going into recording this, I would have told you Michigan's probably the better rushing team. I'm I am I'm making a hard 180. I'm I'm giddy up U-turn. And I think this game is going to come down to Okay, let me pause. Going into this, I was going to tell you, I think Melrose your X factor. I think I think he's going to be the one that is going to decide this a lot like what I said with Tommy Reese and him going into Atlanta. Uh, I've changed my final mid mid recording right here. Changed my 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 winner mid recording right here. I think this game is going to come down to who wins the rushing battle, who wins the rushing battle. And you've got that Milro factor where, you know, they can, they can run some QB sweeps, QB powers, a couple different things. And then you start looking at, at their statistics on the year, Jace McClellan, who will get drafted after Blake Corum, 166 carries on the year, 803 yards, six touchdowns. And then uh, Roy Dell Williams, 110 yards or 110 carries, 561 yards. Milrow, 140 carries, 140 carries, 140 carries, 468 yards, 12 touchdowns on the year. Then you got the Jam, is it Jam Miller? Right? Jam, 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 Jam. Uh, 40 carries, 190 yards. just as a collective, I think I like the tide better here. I had going into this, I had it written down. I've marked a line through it. I had Michigan winning this game. I now got Bama. I'm going to take Bama, shoot me in the face, stub my toe, steal my, you know, my joy. I'm going to take them 31-27. Okay. You're going over the points. Yeah. Um, I'm sticking to a lot of hope. Some of my guns. I th- also think your big X factor, in addition to, and I actually, you know what, maybe even bigger, bigger than who wins the rushing battle, which is huge in this game. It's it's like the the statistic that we used to have in the Tennessee Florida game, with the w- rushing leader wins the game. Yeah. Uh, I think that's huge here. But what can Jay 
CJ McCarthy do when I'm not going to say if I'm going to say when the run game faces challenges that they've not seen so far this year, when they're not finding the success that they've had in some of these wins, some of these game control wins that they've had, what does JJ McCarthy have against this defense? That question aside, Michigan wins the game mm. 23 to 17. Wow. So you got a really low scoring game here. I think, man, I would I would be surprised if we just see buckets of yards in this game. We got a lot of faith in these defenses and giving us a vintage Rose Bowl. You know, I might I might change my mind if McCarthy can do this thing where he can extend the play, where he can get out of pressure. I don't see a case where Alabama doesn't generate pressure. I don't see that. Oh, yeah. I don't see that. So can McCarthy, can he extend the play? Can he keep his eyes downfield? Can he do what Bryce Young did so well for – all those years when he was in college football, keeping his eyes downfield, extending the play, you know, turning a, what should be a, a four yard loss into, you know, back to the line of scrimmage or plus one, plus two. Can you do stuff like that? And even break open, you know, the, the, the scramble drill for, you know, plus 25. Can he do that? Yes. Do I think he will? No. Therefore I'm going to stick to, I'm going to stick to the Bamer prediction. The Rose Bowl. Granddaddy of them all. Should be a doozy. Hope it's an instant classic. Hope I'm wrong, but I'm going to take Bama 31-27. Mike's going to take Michigan 23-17. We'll take a minute to thank one of our sponsors, North Forsyth Training and Fitness, located at 4015 Browns Bridge Road. If you're looking for a gym in the coming area, ready to change your life physically, or just looking for a new gym, NFTF, man, that's the place for you. Head coach Jesse Foster, he's got all the credentials. He's got all the experience to help you reach your goals. They've now installed uh, brand new showers. So they're expanding and growing, expanded their uh, their space for activities with more than 48, what is it, 100 square feet? Is that the word? Uh, yeah. Getting ready to add more classes throughout the day. So if you're in the coming area, you want to be a part of something that's growing. You want to be a part of a community-driven gym so you can achieve your goals. You can do it together with a group of friends, make sure you contact Jesse Foster today and come check out what NFTF is all about. 706-633-6609. Tell Jesse that the boys at Pandemonium Rain sent you. Texas, Washington, the All-State Sugar Bowl. We got the three-seed Texas Longhorns, the two-seed Washington Huskies. ESPN FBI likes Texas here, 69%. Your over-under is set at 63 and a half. The line is in the favor of Texas at four and a half. Man, I just see disrespect here to the Pac-12. I just see disrespect over to that whole conference. It's almost as if you mention a name or you mention a brand, you mention a Michael Penix, a Bo Nix, or you know, um, um, you know, any name coming out of the Pac-12, and most people are not going to know because they just haven't seen them play. My question, if if that's you. Not you, Mike, but you, listener. What else does Washington need to prove to you that they are, you know, that they belong in this playoff and that they're more than capable of of winning this game? I, I, if I'm Washington, I'm looking at this game. Listen, you want a defensive battle? Cool, we'll play that game. You want a shootout? Man, we'll we'll play that game too. You name your style, and we will play that. I'm like I'm, I'm looking at I'm looking at Washington going man I don't care watch us do it however you name the style we'll do it 
Yeah, that's who they've been this year, isn't it? I mean, the games that – you know, they're kind of on a larger scale this year's TCU with some of the lackluster wins, some of the ways that they just stole a win straight out of the loss column. Uh, when they were playing poorly, things weren't clicking. They just – they played whatever style of game that it took to win, and they had a Heisman candidate as they did it. Um, yeah. You know, if it wasn't for some of the things that Jaden Daniels did, then he would absolutely, I think, be your Heisman winner. Um, even though I would have never been surprised if there was such an overcorrection that it went to Marvin Harrison. That was actually my prediction going into the year, I believe. But, yeah, they've, they've, they've played everybody's style. They've done absolutely everything it takes to be uh, a blemish-free in the loss column here in the, in the CFP. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. Really looking forward to this one. Wanting to know, you know, I almost wish wish the matchups were different. As if, yeah, you know, it was Texas and Michigan and Washington and Alabama and, and so forth and so on. But I really, you know, from the get here, I w- want to kind of dive straight into this. I really like, I really like the offensive firepower of Washington, the ability to run and man, the ability to put the ball in the air and and just the receivers that they have at their disposal. Uh, let's look at this real quick. Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan. So you got Odun... Uh, <laughs> I knew I was going to mess it up at some point. Odunze, 81 catches on the year, 1,400 yards, 13 touchdowns. Polk, 60 catches, 1,000 yards, 8 scores. McMillan, 34 catches, 468 yards, 3 scores. And then they got another receiver behind that. And then uh, then you got the uh, the running game, the Johnson kid, who I believe is the Mississippi State transfer, over 200 carries, over 200 carries. And the next guy behind that, Nixon's only got 31 on the year. That tells me right there that Washington's not afraid to put the ball on the ground. Anyway, 200 carries, 1,100 yards, 14 scores. Again, I kind of come back and I say, Washington's like, just name your style of play, man. We'll do it. We'll do it. I do like Texas's front their front four, I like that a lot. But the the matchup that I think I'm going to be watching and that I think I'm going to be favoring is this Michigan, excuse me, Michigan, whoop, whoop, Washington receiving core versus this Texas secondary. And I just like it so much in favor of Washington. If Washington can come out hot, now I'm not saying that Texas can't score, but if Washington come out 7-0, 14-0 or 14-3 or something like that and just keep a foot on the gas and Texas is 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 constantly staying within a 7 to 10, you know, kind of range waiting to you know waiting for Washington to turn the ball over or make a mistake, man, I'm 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 really going to like Washington in this case. I'll tell you this as well. I say Texas gets up 7 nothing, 10 nothing, 13 nothing something like that. I can see Washington going, "Cool, licking our chops. I like this. Let's do this." You can probably guess at this point I'm going to ride with Washington at the end of this segment, but there's, I think there's just too much here with Washington. And don't get me wrong, Texas has got a lot as well, right? Quinn Ewers, yep. Amy Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, is he going to play? You know, what's his status? But not saying that they can't do it. I just I just really, really like Washington. I feel like Washington is out to prove a point, make a point, like put themselves on the map, say, listen, Texas, you might be back. Alabama, you've been here. Michigan, you've been here a couple times, but Washington is is on the map, and, and we're we're, we're going to do it again in the following seasons. Yeah, um, it, it's funny because 
every time we talked about Washington as the weeks went on, I couldn't stress enough how I hated the way that they were playing. And look, credit to them, like I said, finding kind of TCU 22 ways to win games and just cheat death really is what they were doing at times. Sure. Texas did it too. Okay. Uh, Kansas State should have beat them. <laughs> should have, they should have, like, they, they did everything wrong at the, in that goal line sequence when I think in overtime they, Went for it. I don't even know exactly how it played out at this point. I know they lost by three in overtime and that they should have won the game. I just don't remember the full sequence. Uh, Texas three-point win at TCU, and that is, that's just not even 22 TCU at all. That's a terrible five and seven, I think, TCU was. So they both had these games down the stretch. What I can't really get past is the way that, that Washington bullied. They, they, they bullied the bully against Oregon, sure. beating the team they'd already beaten. Uh, you know, I don't think Texas, right, as of right now, I'm, I'm kind of feeling what you're stepping in. I don't think they're going to chance get a chance to do the same thing and try to beat the team that they've already beaten again. Say Alabama beats Michigan. You know what I mean? I think it's, I think it's going to be the purple. I'm really struggling, even though I thought I had this settled when we when we started the segment. Okay. Let's say that Quinn Ewers comes out at the end of this game and he's. 31 for 37. He's thrown for 345. And he's got a score uh, and two picks. Give me, give me a, give me a, give me a winner off that stat line. I don't think that either team, and I, I, just with the way that they played down the stretch, I think the turnover battle means more in this game than it does on your run of the mill bowl game or regular season, you know, great team matchup, you name it. I mean, big game, small game. I think it's more important in this game because, again, you've kind of got two teams that have cheated death a little bit. And, you know, I mean, Texas has a loss. They're not they're not unbeaten as as Washington is. Uh, I think that amplifies the turnover battle. I think it I think it turns up the notch on the momentum and and the the flow of this game. And I think that that stat line would would result in a Washington win. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm really glad you said that because I took Quinn Ewer's stat line from the Oklahoma game. I mean, he he had no trouble moving the ball. I mean, he had, what is that, six incompletions? Two picks. Two picks, yeah. Costly picks, yes. So, in that same game, Dylan Gabriel, 23 for 38, 285 and a score. He also led them in rushing, 14 carries, 113 yards and a score. So what you're telling me is there's more than one way to beat Texas. That's what I that's what I look at when I see the stat line. Yep. Uh, Oklahoma goes went into that game if I remember right, pretty arrogant, pretty cocky, like thinking you are not who you think you are. You are not that man. And Texas kind of took one on the chin. And I'm just thinking like if Washington's going in there with a puff chest and say, listen. We're not. It's not one of those situations where we're going to roll a ball out there and win. But you think that we're a pushover, and we're about to slap you in the mouth. And I think Michael Penix can do it on the ground. I think he can do it in the air. I think Kalen DeBoer is prepared to call one heck of an offensive game. I, I do think he's the play caller, by the way. And I'm, I'm, I'm. I think we're at the end of this. We're going to be really surprised with the Washington defense. And how well that they have defended all the weapons. Ewers, Mitchell, 
Jonathan Brooks, you know, all the guys. And I think Quinn yeah, Ewers I mean, is going to take some hits. And I'm going to go ahead and give my prediction. I think Washington is going to walk out there with a win, 45-35. Okay. Uh, I'm leaning that direction for sure. Um, had a thought, just lost it, so I'll go ahead and give you my prediction. Um, and I'm, I'm going to pay close attention to Vegas on this one because, look, out of these two over-unders, these two uh, betting lines, they're going to be freaky close on some, if not all of them. And we're sitting at 63 and a half. I do think we'll go slightly over. Okay. And with that, I'm going to go Washington 38, Texas 31. Barn burner, baby. Sign me up. You know, that's, that's just the style that these teams play. It is, it's the way they play, especially when all the chips are on the table. I'll be yeah. wildly impressed. I already am impressed with some of Sark's work in this uh, run at Texas. I'll be wildly impressed if they win this game. Just his comeback story, everything that's gone into it in a game of this magnitude, um, I, I just will. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm already impressed with Washington. Don't get me wrong, but I'll, be, I'll just be wildly impressed with Sark if he takes it to the title game in what is year three. Not that it was you know, a crazy rebuild, especially with the portal, but um, I'll be wildly impressed. And I won't be surprised by either team, but I'm, I'm leaning Washington right now, obviously. Yeah, that's kind of the way that I feel. I won't be surprised if Texas pulls this off. Pulls it off. I mean, they're they're legit. They're for real. I think they had a bad night against against Oklahoma. Uh, but I will be the first to tell you, hey, I'm wrong. Got it wrong. I mean, I did. I'm, I'm going to do this again. I did predict the SEC final score off a whim, shot straight from my hip, and got it. So, nonetheless, man, I won't. I won't. I won't be surprised. But I'm going to take Washington 45-35. Mike's taking Washington 38-31. All right, that's going to bring us to the end of the episode. But before we do, we're going to rapid fire through the rest of the bowl games because let's admit it, bowl games are not what they used to be. They don't make them like they used to. So we're going to rapid fire here. I'm going to spit them out as quickly as I possibly can. Give me a winner. I'll give you the spread. And let's just pick winners, not final scores. First up, we got the Bad Boy Mowers Pinstripe Bowl, Rutgers and Miami. Rutgers favored two and a half. Wow. And this is Miami, Florida. Make it sure. Yes, it's right, Miami, Florida. So sad. Give me Miami, Florida. Sorry. Uh, I like what Shiano's doing a little bit there, but it's, it's going to be it's going to be crystal ball in this one. I'm going to say Vegas knows something that we don't. I will take Rutgers to win this outright. The Pop-Tarts Bowl. My gosh, what are we coming to? 18th ranked NC State, 25th ranked Kansas State. Vegas likes Kansas State. Two and a half. This bowl features... An edible mascot. That's what we've come to. And the best trophy of the bowl season. Go look it up if you ain't seen it. I have seen uh, it. Kansas State hoists the trophy. They win this game without Will Howard. I'm with you. I'm going to say that they win this game. I'm going to say blah, 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 blah. Uh, they cover. I'll say they win by somewhere between 7 and 10, and they do it without Will Howard, who's probably going to be a Southern Cal Trojan before the week is over. The Valero Alamo Bowl 14th-ranked Arizona, 12th-ranked Oklahoma. Vegas likes Arizona. Minus three. Much much like Tennessee, it's Nico time. Well, it's Jackson-Arnold time, I imagine, for the Sooners. And I just think I'm going to ride with them. I love what the, I love this build that Arizona's on, the the speed in which it's happening. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to lean Oklahoma here. Is it that? I'm flipping Air- that. I'm flipping that. They have zero offensive linemen remaining. This is Arizona. Wildcats win this game. 
I was going to say, there's there's some factors here you're not considering. I forgot is about it, that as quickly as I got excited about them leaving. <laughs> is it the Delora kid or the Fafita kid from Arizona who's in the portal? Delora is exiting. He wants to be a starter again. Okay, okay. So they'll still have Fafita. Uh, yeah, give me give me the Wildcats. Bear down. The Tax Slayer, Gator Bowl, Clemson, and Kentucky. Vegas likes Clemson by four here. Boy, you could rename this the Sadness Bowl, and I wouldn't even flinch. Clemson, they're going to continue kind of fixing things the way that they've been doing. Uh, Clemson hosts the Gator Bowl trophy. I'm hoping that the defense coordinator for Clemson says, we're not going to let Ray Davis beat us. We're going to put this – we're going to we're gonna make, you know, o, I about said O'Leary. I think he's no longer Irish. Leary – uh, 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 beat us because we don't think he can. I'll look for one heck of a defensive game from Clemson. They got some some guys who we thought were either going to declare or or portal. They have not. They're they're they've announced their return. Uh, one of those guys being Barrett Carter, uh, outside linebacker. Yes. Is that? Yep. Uh, yep. Oh my gosh, my memory. Thirty seven is coming upon me real fast. Um. Anyway, I'm gonna take Clemson here. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Oregon State, Notre Dame, DJU is in the portal. I believe Sam Hartman has opted out. I don't know. Vegas likes Notre Dame here. Gosh, I like Notre Dame because they still have their head coach. That's all I know. I couldn't tell you a single quarterback that's playing in this game because Tyler Buckner is not going back to play football. He's going back to play lacrosse, <laughs> yeah, so I don't right. know. Uh, give me the Irish. Give you that. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yep. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll take the Beavers because, you know, why not? The <laughs> AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Memphis and Iowa State. Vegas likes Iowa State, 10 and a half. Memphis playing the bowl game in their backyard. Yeah. Don't dude. care. Give me, give me the Cyclones. Uh, I do love Matt Campbell. I do love Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell's going to get a win, take his Cyclones to eight and five on the year. Here we go. Now we're getting something more juicy. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, Missouri, excuse me, uh, the fighting Darth Vader's uh, against the Ooh. Ohio State Buckeyes, Missouri and Ohio State, Vegas likes Ohio State. What are you doing, Vegas? Uh, no McCord, what is it, Nolan Tom for the Buckeyes? Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Nolan, Nolan Brown, Nolan something, I don't know. Yeah, I, look, as much as it – I hate both these teams. I'd like it to be a 0-0 tie after six overtimes. But they've got Brady Cook. They've got White Red running the ball. Uh, uh, so disrespectful. He ran all over Tennessee. I'm sorry. Uh, don't remember his name. He, they're going to win the game. Burden, Drink, Dorkowitz, they're going to win this game. Okay. I think this is one of those games where Marvin Harrison finally does what he should have been doing all year, and he just absolutely takes over. I'll take – Oh, uh, Ohio State to win, but not to cover, and it's only a three-point spread. The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Ole Miss, Penn State. I tell you what Ole Miss doesn't have, at least not yet. They don't have Walter Nolan, and they don't have Tyler Barron, and they don't have Juice Wells, not yet anyway. Penn State is liked by Vegas four and a half. What you got? Penn State has reached their uh, uh, maximum number of wins already. This one goes to Ole Miss. I like their – Diversity on offense. Love Judkins. He's not had the year that we expected. Dart is just going to go ahead and lunch. 
much whatever he's going to do in 2024 in this <laughs> Peach Bowl. Um, th- they're losing next to no one. They're not losing people to the portal. They've got a younger team that's, that's they're not going to lose a ton of seniors. It's crazy. I'm going to go with Kiffin in this game. Yeah, I am too. I do expect to talk a lot about Ole Miss and Kiffin in the offseason. Can you believe that for the second time in their history, this is the second time they've – wow, I have not worded this well. Uh, the second time that they've won 10 games. And three, and it's also within three seasons that it's happened. Mad respect. The, the real question is, will Lane Kiffin be the next head coach at Alabama after Saban retires this year? I'm telling you right now, if they if they are thumbing their noses up at that, the thought of it, his immaturity, the portal, whatever, they need to come off of it right now because he's a guy that can that can take some of that sting off of being the guy after the guy. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I'm picking Ole Miss, but I'm hoping that Penn State bends them over. Do we want to talk about Auburn and Maryland? Uh, who who is Auburn? Tagovailoa is out at Maryland. ESPN likes, excuse me, Vegas likes Auburn. Minus seven here? Is it because of Tagovailoa? I'll say Auburn guess so. rushes for 250. That's probably yeah, a better I mean, question. That's probably what I'm saying as well. Sorry, Michael Oxley. Sorry, uh, Scott Van Pelt. It's going to be Auburn in this game. Yes, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Wisconsin, LSU. Has Jaden Daniels opted out yet? Surely. He might have. Right? He might have. I believe I believe he's opted out. It's got to be coming. It's got to be coming. Yeah. Vegas likes LSU ten, uh, minus 10 here. What do you got? LSU by 15. I'm sorry, man. Jaden Daniels or not, Wisconsin's just – they're in year one, a fickle. You can tell that by the record, the way that they've played. I just – I like LSU. Surely some of those receivers are playing – uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't know how many, if all, but surely some of them enough to get this win over Wisconsin. That's fair. That's fair. I'll take the Bayou Bengals as well, but rooting for the Badgers. Liberty, Oregon, undefeated Flames against the 11 and 2 Oregon Ducks. Vegas likes Oregon 16 and a half. Yeah, and Oregon, Oregon is going to cover that. Liberty hasn't played uh, a single soul, even though you know they've got it going on. There's been no drop-off after he freeze. They've got Caden Stalter doing some very nice things, but they haven't played a soul, and they're not UCF, so they're going to lose Oregon. Yeah, I'm going to say Oregon covers this. They win by 17 because, again, why not? We'll end with this one, the Orange Bowl, where nobody cares. Not even the players. <sighs> Vegas, like Georgia, by 19. Florida State will be without Travis, Johnny Wilson, Trey Benson, Keon Coleman, Jaheim Bell. And they will be without Tate Roadmaker because he is in the portal. They'll be playing with Brock Glenn or Glenn Brock or whatever his name is. Georgia, right? Yeah. Yeah, this game should be illegal to bet on. Florida State should take the check to midfield. They should uh, do the mobile app, whatever, you know, however this would be done for a school, cash the check, leave the field, leave the city, go back to Tallahassee and watch a playoff run for 2024. This should be illegal to bet. I would bet Georgia minus 100. I would do it. I'm going to end the episode by saying this. I'm okay with players being paid. You know what? This is the world that we live in. I've come to terms with it. I'm not a huge fan because I think you already get a ton. You, you, your school, 
which is going to average between 60000 to 75000 is paid for. You, you don't ever buy meals. You, you get all this, this, this attire given to you. You know, it, you, you don't pay for anything. If we're going to live in this NIL world, it got, don't you think it should be contingent upon playing? You want this yeah. money? Play. Play the game. You know what? This money comes ultimately comes from the fan base. If there's no viewers, if there's no fans, if there's no spectators, there's no money. There's no dollars. So play the game. I, I, I Listen, I, I get it. You, you're talking about having a future and stuff, but the Orange Bowl, bro, the Orange Bowl, New Year Six, the Orange Bowl, womp, womp, womp. Who cares? Who cares? Nobody cares. I mean, is, is, is Florida State even going to have you know uh, uh, a, a fan in attendance for this? You couldn't. You couldn't pay me to go to the game. Do you remember how many players Florida was dealing with in their bowl against Oregon State last year? Yes. It was like in Texas A and M. I think the year before that, uh, when they maybe had some COVID issues, opt outs for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be just like that. It's the most pointless event ever because nobody's playing in it. Nobody's watching it. Florida State should be in the playoff. Whatever. I'm rooting for Florida State. <laughs> Go Knowles, baby. Go Knowles. Hey, thank you guys so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. We really, really appreciate it. We're going to cover Tennessee and Iowa separately because we got more content. We'll, we'll cover that in OrangeCast in case you're wondering. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit like. Make sure you give us a follow. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're tuning in and letting us tickle your ears. We appreciate it so much. We hope that you have had a wonderful Christmas and that you have all kinds of awesome plans lined up with your family for New Year's. Um, so with that said, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. We love you guys. God bless. Awesome. Do you know?